the Spirit was in one with me this morning, I would love to just preach the worship songs. Come up here and do like Brother Ezra and, you know, just let the Spirit guide you. He said, I said, Ezra, when we was going to jail ministry, Mac, I'd say, Ezra, what's the plan for the night? He said, follow the Spirit. I went, good enough for me, brother. Good enough for me. So, um, listen, I'm so thankful just to be standing here and at the miracle that God's working, even when you don't see Him. Even when you don't see Him. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles or your phones or tablets, whatever, we're going to be reading out of Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. Those will be broken up a little bit this morning. And I want to talk to you about our title this morning. Our title is Built on the Word of God. Hear me when I say that. Built on the Word of God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your life, your worship, your thinking process. Everything that you do should be built on the Word of God. All right, we got somebody out there. I got something for you, all you quiet folks, here in just a minute. Um, I know Steve's out there giving me, that's right. Amen. Come on. Last week we talked about having a heart to work for God, and we discussed what it meant to be uh, covering yourself in prayer. We talked about taking a stand for God, and I was piggybacking off uh, Pastor Tyler's sermon, at such a time as this, it's now time to take a stand for God. We'll see that in Nehemiah chapter 8. But first, we're going to back up a little bit and talk about what happens in 6 and 7. If you was reading this past week, you read 6, and this week you're going to start out with 7. Nehemiah and all the people of God now have the walls built. It's constructed. This, you'll find this out in chapter 7 also. And once they built the walls, they did a wonderful thing. They made an offering to God, as which they should. But I am so glad that Nehemiah, Ezra, and the other members of God's people, those leaders, didn't have the monument mentality like so many before had had. You know, we're going to build this altar and worship here in this temple in Solomon. Okay. Because as Christians, we know that it's not the walls that matter. Can I get amen? It's what goes on inside the walls. What goes on in the people's heart because we're the church, not the building. We can meet on a, on a property down here later, and guess what we're having? Church, brother. There's no building there, but there's God's people there. Amen. So Nehemiah and Ezra and these folks seen that God's people needed revived. So this morning, I'm going to use it as a segue into our first point this morning. Our first point is a hunger for the Word of God. A hunger for the Word of God. If you would, let's go in prayer together to God. Father God, we thank you for your love and your mercy. Father, I pray that a revival starts in the heart of the people here at Rock House Baptist Church. i already seen it on the announcements. People are fired up about Jesus. Lord, lead us and guide us. Let it be your spirit, not our agenda. Let us praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 1 says this. And all the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding. 
While he was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon. Before men, before the men, the women, and those who could understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Verse 4, the scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Verse 4 does continue on in your Bibles. But here's what I want to point out. These people wanted to hear what? The word of God. They gathered. They knew what they had been through. They was building the walls and fighting the enemy with one hand, right? You've been reading that? Okay. They wanted to hear the word of God. And so I ask you this morning, deep down in your soul, do you have a hunger for the Word of God? Is every step and breath and moment that you take for the Lord God Almighty, is everything that you do for Him? And I ask you that this morning because as I was studying this week, I run across this. It's kind of funny. There was a little boy one day had said to his dad, Dad, is this God's book talking about a Bible? And I don't have one in hand around reach. I got one over there. The father said, yes, it is, son. <laughs> Little boy replied, well, we better give it back because we never use it. <laughs> Don't let that be you and your family, okay? I'd rather them say, boy, we prayed before every meal and before we went to bed at night, we talked about Scripture and prayed. Amen? Don't let it be that we better send this book back because I don't know what's inside of it. Psalms 19 verses 9 through 10 says this. We're going to talk about how awesome the Word is. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold. How about that? Then in abundance of pure gold, the verse continues, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb. Folks, you'll get revival and a movement in your soul when you develop a desire for the Word more than you do gold. Something wonderful is going to happen in your life. So i got to ask you, do you desire God's Word more than you would gold? If you don't know what I mean by gold, money. Right? Would you rather be rich or saved? Now, you can be both. I'm not saying that. But if you had to choose, what would it be? Amen. Right? Amen. Listen to what Job says about Scripture. We know what Job went through, right? There wasn't even nothing. He didn't do nothing wrong. God said, go ahead, test him. He won't curse me. Check this out. Job 23, verses 10 through 12. Yet he knows the way I have taken. And when he has tested me, being God, I will emerge as pure gold. My feet have followed in his tracks. Amen. I have kept on his way and not turned aside. Verse 12, I have not departed from the commands from his lips. I have treasured the words from his mouth more than my daily food. Amen. To Job, Scripture was more important than eating. Scripture was more important than your daily food. Now, I, I hit a wall this week when I read that Scripture. <laughs> my wife has made fun of me a little bit. I won't go into too much about that. But I'm going to start with this. Have you ever tried to fast? <laughs> Toughest thing you'll ever do. You think you're tough? Try missing a meal. Tell them. You go one or two in that refrigerator, you'll eat it. It'll start looking good. You won't even get what's in the doors. You won't even open it up. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
And I'm guilty for that. Oh, boy. It's been, yeah. Praise the Lord. Give him all the credit. But here's the point I'm trying to make. It's, I'm not talking necessarily about food. Some people won't miss a meal, but, brother, they'll go six days without reading the Word of God. And back on Sunday, we'll get enough to get us through the week. What if you only ate one time a week? How's that going to be? You're going to be starving for it, right? That's the way we should for the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Psalms 119, verse 162 says, I rejoice over your promise, God, like one who finds a vast treasure. It's the gold that we're looking for. It's the gold we're looking for. When you treasure God's Word more than anything else, He'll throw the mountain into the sea, as the song said. You'll be able to sing to the highest, it is well with my soul. And really mean it. Not wonder what's going to happen when I leave here. But you can really say, it is well with my soul. And I heard an old preacher say, I wonder if the dust on our Bibles won't testify against us one day. Hmm. Charles Spurgeon, who we love here. Rest in peace, Charles Spurgeon. But I love this. If you've ever been to my office, this is wrote on my board. He says, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. You want to know why you don't have it all figured out? Brother, just open the Word, sisters. That's where it's at. One other thing I noticed about these people, though, too, and I've been guilty of this. I'm not talking about anybody in here but myself. They weren't real time conscious. It said they read from daybreak until noon. Now, they get out the same time we do, but they got here a lot earlier than we did, okay? <laughs> Let this be a lesson to us, folks. Being first in the lunch line ain't that important. But to really seek God and to really let the Spirit work in people's hearts. You can be saved as, as Jesus was, but you still need that Spirit to uplift you, don't you, Brother Greg? And you can be as lost as a ball in high weeds, and that Spirit will find you. It don't matter if you'll just let it do its work. When God speaks, just turn your ear to it. Our second point this morning is that we must honor the Word of God. If you look at verses 5 through 7, it says this. Ezra opened the book in full view of all the people. Since he was elevated above everyone, as he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and with their hands, meaning the people, uplifted all the people said amen amen then they knelt low and worshiped the lord with their faces to the ground and then jeshua benai and i'm just gonna go ahead and say a bunch of other fellas explained the law to the people as they stood in their place and we're going to break these verses down a little bit i want you to notice that when ezra started speaking from the book what they do they all stood up they honored the word because they knew what it meant. It wasn't I'm coming here to get comfortable and I'm just going to chill while the preacher tells me a little thing. Oh, no, they eyes were on who? Through it all. Amen, I love that song. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says they listened attentively. Their ear was to him. They raised their hands and said amen. They knelt low and they worshiped like they was at the altar, giving it all to him. They knew they had made some mistakes, but they knew that God could take their sins and move it as far as from the east is to the west. Amen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this. 
I thank the Lord for Brother Steve. I hope you're out there, Steve. Because without Brother Steve, I don't know if I'd be in the back going, that's right, amen. I mean, I don't know if I'd have that freedom. And here's where I'm going with this. Some people may think you're crazy if you jump up back there and you shout, amen. Matter of fact, if Big Rod Davidson did, I'd probably run. I wouldn't know what to do. Not because he never does, just because I know I couldn't win that fight. But here's the thing. People, if your cup runneth over for the Lord like Brad Pennington, you better pour it out for somebody, for somebody to see. Don't house it in for just you. Pour it out for others. Pastor Agent Rogers said this, it's easier to cool off a zealot, meaning a crazed fanatic for God, than to warm up a dead corpse. <laughs> when I run through the gates, I don't want to be like this. Oh, God. I'm going to be the guy running and drop-kicking it like a wrestler on WWE. I can't wait. And, but here's the thing. I worry that our greatest, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, as a Christian, and I'm, and I'm guilty too, but I worry that our greatest danger as Christians isn't that we'd be fired up and crazy for God and on fire for Jesus. It would be that we'd be so lukewarm that we wouldn't even honor or be excited about the word of God. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 8. He said, the grass withers and the flowers fade. Come on. But the word of our God remains forever. Forever. Amen. There was this old fella. I got, I got tickled at this when I was studying to run across this in the commentary. This old fella entered the back of a church one day. He wasn't a member. He was a visitor. And as he went in the back, he sat back there. When the preacher would preach a good word, you know, he'd get a little excited. Amen. Come on, brother. Give it to us. We're ready. We're listening. Finally, after a few times, one of the ushers got up from the front be like Big Greg here going to the back, you know, everybody look. Not that he'd do this. But one of the ushers tapped on his shoulder and said, Hey, buddy, what's wrong with you? He said, Buddy, I don't know. I've got religion. I'm excited about Jesus. He said, Well, you didn't get it here. <laughs> the old fella said, Well, I'd believe it. Now to Dory went. So be on fire for the Lord. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And as I was watching our, our, our singers this morning, I'm not good with music, I apologize. Uh, I, I really thank them for all that they do, uh, from Lucy all the way to Molly and everybody in between. Um, give them a round of applause, by the way. How about I, I love it. Amen. I just think what they do sets the tone for the people's hearts. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I'm just being honest. But here's the thing. Too many people have the wrong idea about true worship. <laughs> it's not a performance that we come to watch. It isn't. It isn't when the preacher or the singers are the main characters and, and God's like a puppet prompting them and whatever and moving them around on stage and the congregation is the audience. Here's the difference. True worship is when God is the audience. Amen? When He's the audience. And we pour out our heart, as the song says. We're not here for anybody else but one, right? Amen. Our worship should be unto the Lord, unto God, to please Him. My job as a pastor is to get you to do that, to worship the Lord. Your job as Christians is to come with a heart and a mind set on God. No matter what, for an hour a day or two 
hopefully it's longer, that you're set on the Lord. And I, I want you to think about this. When I was coming across these verses, have you ever heard the saying or the verse, less of me and more of him? That's what it's all about. Our third point this morning is we must handle the Word of God. We must handle the Word of God. Now, this is for all of you, not just the preacher. Okay, This is from the youngest in, uh, in Elan Cecile up into the oldest. Uh, myself, I'll just say I won't call nobody out. Okay, The wiser folks. Let's look at verses 8 through 12 and how they handle the Word of God. It says, They read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, send portions to those who have nothing prepared. Since today is holy to our Lord, do not grieve, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Verse 11. The Levites all quieted all the people. Or, I'm sorry. The Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, since today is holy. Do not grieve. Verse 12. Then all the people began to eat and drink, send portions, and have a great celebration because they understood the words that were explained to them. You see, Nehemiah and the leaders knew that these people needed a revival. They were worn out. They were tired. They'd been up against it. Discouragement. We talked about that. Your readings are about that. They were up against it. But revival, what's it do? It breaks us down, don't it? It humbles our soul. Why does that happen? So God can move in and do a mighty work with you. If you need revived, think of that. Maybe you need humbled. Maybe I need humbled. Maybe this church needs humbled. But it's to light a fire for the Lord. Now look, as Christians, we don't get off the hook. We're actually, what does Christians mean? Little what? Christ. We're actually walking Members of Christ, right here. And it's our job to read, to translate, to analyze, and explain the Word of God to those who may not know. It's my job to help you understand. You should never leave the service saying, oh boy, that preacher, he's a smooth talker, but I ain't got a clue of what he said. Don't kid yourself. There may be some like that, but just because the water's muddy don't mean it's deep. So don't get carried away there. You should leave service saying this. The Bible says, Jesus says, like Kyle said that one day, we ought to sing the red letters. Because Jesus said. <laughs> but see, once the weeping stopped, all the people understood and were glad. Nehemiah said, that's enough. It's enough. Now it's time to be joyful in the Lord. While Ezra was preaching, what were the others doing? It's not a quiz, it's in the verse. They were going around what? Making sure everybody understood and I believe this is why Sunday school, thank you, Brother Paul, I, I think he's outside, VBS, Awana, D-Group, CR, all these other ministries are out there because people need a deeper understanding of the Word of God. You know why they don't follow? They don't what? They don't understand. What do you mean this guy come down and walked on water? 
What? You believe that? Folks, it's up to us. It's up to us to tell them who Jesus really is. Now as we go on, here's the thing. I've been pretty heavy-hearted lately. I'll just give you a little testimony of myself. And a couple of days ago, I realized <laughs> that if I let the devil keep me down, <laughs> that's what it's going to be. He's going to hold you down with a chain bigger than you can lift up. But see, if you'll lean on to God, he'll humble you because he needs you humbled. But he'll lift you right back up as higher than ever. And then I got to thinking, you know, I don't have a broken spirit. I've got a morose spirit. Oh, that's a big word. I had to Google that. It means negative. I was negative. I looked at the mountain in front of me. I, I, I got some doubt. I did. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't come for that. He didn't come for darkness. The song said he brings light. That's what he came for. And you know what most people that you come in contact with that don't know Jesus, or even some that do, are really looking for? They really want to know, how can I get Monday through Friday and enjoy the weekend again and get off? Have you ever been there? <laughs> oh, Lord, it's Monday. I got kindergarten today. <laughs> Lord, the joy is your strength. I've been there. That's what most people are looking for. They're looking for joy to get through the week. Well, here's what John Chapter 15, verse 11 says, If you don't know what to say to them, say this. I've told you these things. He's talking about being the vine. Go back and read John chapter 15. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Folks, it's up to us to tell these people that they're looking for joy. I know this is a song in all the wrong places. It's up to us to tell them that Jesus will fill the hole. Only Jesus. Only Jesus, right? How many people in here is chasing other things? Yeah, I've... Amen. Thank you, Miss Lois. I've chased, I chased it for 25 years. On June 25th, 2015. I had to think about that. God delivered me. He did. Amen. In a foreign football tackle, when I tackled Pastor Tyler right here. I think I knocked him senseless for a little while. It took him a couple weeks. But here's the thing. Guys, I love you. There's nobody I want to see spend eternity in hell. Nobody. That should be our prayer. And then once they get saved, we can't leave them there. We can't leave them there. If I could use my mother for an example who's turned her life to the Lord. Paul said I was the worst of them, the chief of sinners. How many of y'all know some chief of sinners? Amen. They don't feel worthy of the grace of God. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. My mother calls me all the time, needing some advice. I said, well, honey, I'm barely making it over here, but we'll talk through it. If you'll come together more than, what's he say, one or two gathered in his name, two or three, he's there with you. Amen? He's there with you. I want to close with this. <laughs> A little story. There was a wife who borrowed her husband's brand new truck. This is Elizabeth and John. John got a new truck. It looks really good, y'all, by the way. You need to tell him that. This isn't their story, though. There was a wife who borrowed her husband's brand new truck. It was a truck of his dreams. 
I can just see Rod and a couple more people riding and, you know, just enjoying it. But the wife got out and it was raining. She got a little sideways. She complete, totaled, wrecked the truck. No more truck. The wife was fine. So while she's dreading that the husband's going to say something negative to her, she has to climb through and get the tags and the insurance out of the glove box. Whatever's in there, Stacy usually puts it in there. I'm not real sure. She gets out the tags and all the insurance and the information that the police are needing. She unzips the little case, and as she opens it up, she finds a note on top of all that information that says, Remember, sweetie, it is you I love. Now, that's sweet. It is. But listen to me this morning. You may have completely total wrecked your life, running in the ground, in the ditch. It may be gone. It may be over. You may think you're too far gone. But God says, remember, son or daughter, it is you that I love. And I've sent my only son that whosoever believeth will have everlasting life. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for the vision that you've given the people of the church. God, I thank you for the submission. Lord, we know that's a tough word. We don't want to be people that just tap out. But Father, if you really search scripture, in order for us to be risen up, we have to tap out and submit our lives to you. We have to die daily. Lord, salvation is a one-time thing. We know that. We know that the power of God can never be broken. But Father, I know that each day we get up, we still have to make a choice to follow you. Father, I challenge our church, I challenge us as Christians to each and every day to follow you, Lord. To give everything that we have to you trust our finances, to trust our church building, to trust our new property, to trust our life, our grandchildren, our children, children to be. Father, things we can't see, I pray that we trust you with it. Lord, there's some heavy hearts this morning, some confused minds. Some people don't know what's going on in the world, don't know what the next step's going to be. But Father, I pray for them that they battle on their knees, Lord. It's when we're our strongest. It's when we stand the tallest. Father, when we're following you. Lord, we love you. We want to honor and glorify you in all that we do. And as the altar call is getting ready to take place, and before we rise to our feet, Father, I want you to search the hearts of these people. Let their minds wonder at what God can do for them. Let their minds wonder what God can do through them. Father, because true worship should be unto you. Father, we should bring everything to the table and say, God, it's all yours. Just point me in the direction. I'm open heart. I'm open minded. Lord, for somebody who needs to be saved here this morning that doesn't know Jesus. We talked about it last week, Father. There's people that say they know Jesus, but when it's time... I don't want them to hear, away from me, for I never knew you. Father, I want somebody to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. My heart goes out 
to those who don't know Jesus, Lord. And for those who do, let me encourage. Lord, encourage them that they're fighting a good fight of faith. But trials have to come their way for the endurance to be completed. For you to be lacking nothing, you have to be tested. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for these people. Lord, who's going to go out? and They're going to serve you the best way they know how. It may be cutting grass. It may be cooking a meal. It may be taking care of children. It may I don't know what it is, God. Maybe fixing something that they have. I don't know. But God, let it be all done for you. It's in Jesus' most precious name we pray.